matters of the mind. Are you looking for answers, ideas, or just want someone to listen to you so you can vent? Join Dr. Peter Sacco as he discusses what matters most, issues that surround the mind. He gets to the heart of the matter when it comes to issues involving anger, depression, addictions, fear, anxiety, relationships, sex, abuse, bullying, and everything concerning you. And now, here's your host, Dr. Peter Sacco. Well, hello there, and welcome to Matters of the Mind, where everything on your mind matters to us each and every week. That would be myself, Dr. Peter Andrew Sacco, and my co-host, Todd Miller. How are you, Todd? Doing well. It is, uh, of course, Remembrance Day, so uh, always a reflective day for me, and uh, I'm sure a lot of people. So um, it's just one of those days where you're getting on with your life, but you pause for a moment to, uh, to think about those that sacrificed a lot for us. Absolutely, folks. So, you know, take that moment throughout the day to remember um, those that put their lives on the line and actually gave their lives for our country, because I'm going to brag about it. I live in the best darn country on the face of this earth, and I'm proud to be Canadian. You know, um, we take a lot for granted, you know, and we see the evening news where people are dying because they don't have enough food or they're dying because they don't have the right to vote or you know, criticize another person without fear of persecution and and, uh, and prosecution as well. Um, And we do live in a very great country, and a lot of uh, young men and women gave their lives to make sure that we in 2015 are still able to have rights and privileges that a lot of people don't have in various other parts of the world. Absolutely, folks. We are a democracy. We are a democratic nation, which means freedom, freedom for all. And speaking of freedom... Individuals should also have the, how should we say, the freedom from any sort of harm brought their way by other people, whether it be physical, verbal, mental, emotional, spiritual, sexual abuse, or bullying. And that's been our topic for this month because it is Bullying Awareness Month. And we're going to be joined later by um, Mark Burroughs, who is a former martial arts expert and now fitness instructor with LA Fitness. And Mark's doing a lot of great things in helping kids with self-esteem issues, adults, and even seniors who have had, how should we say, even devastating um, effects caused by bullying, which have affected their lives years into their, you know, into their adulthood. Yeah, and I think, um, as I'm sure we'll talk to Mark about, you know, just becoming physically strong, mentally strong, uh, prepares younger people for you know life i mean just being able to feel more confident and carry yourself better throughout life will serve you in many many ways you know whether it's contemplating changing jobs uh, contemplating leaving a marriage you're just physically and mentally prepared for um heavy things in life that are are to come for sure and you know what's interesting, and Mark and I were talking about this oh, about a week ago, and I'm sure Mark will bring it up on the show, is the amount of kids and even adults that still struggle or have issues with their body image, um, which have now led to their own image of themselves. Um, you know, the body you see, but the mind and the psyche you can't see. And this is where a lot of the turmoil, the stress, um, and the you know the resulting lasting effects of being tormented based on you know how big you are or how tiny you are, and um, it it really is sad Todd that this still goes on that you know 2015 
so much technology, so much knowledge, so many public service announcements out there on you know preventing bullying, treating people with respect and kindness, and accepting people. But yet, there's still this you know let's make fun of other people because they look so much different or they're, you know, obese or they're skinny, whatever it may be. You know, there's that conscious type of bullying and then there's the unconscious type of bullying. And I'm going to get myself in a lot of trouble here, I think, because there are so many unrealistic stereotypes that kids are influenced by. For many years, for girls, it was Barbie. You had to be blonde and curvy and look like a certain type. And now there are all these pop stars that run around and they, you know, weigh a certain amount and look a certain way boys though are conditioned to look at themselves and then go and look at the screen and say wow i don't look like the guy that plays superman i don't look like thor i don't have those arms or those legs so there's all that negative programming that they need to look like that to be a man or to be a superman and um I'm sure there's a lot of pressure on boys to go to the gym and bulk up and maybe even go and take something that's not good for their body to get the result that they need to be like their heroes. Uh, you know what, Todd? It, it's all about image, I think. And, 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 you know, it's, it is what it is today still. And I think a lot of it, you know, um, people look to the media still for, gee, how should I look? Or what is accepted? What is acceptable? What is unacceptable? And how can I better myself? And to this very day, and it's really kind of funny. I was thinking about it before we started the show today. Going through the generations as a professor, I was telling somebody last night, a fellow, a colleague of mine, which ironically, I taught her uh, when she did her master's degree, and now she's teaching at the college. And we ran into each other in the hall last night. And I was thinking, yeah, I had you back, oh gosh, probably late 90s. And I remember sitting in classes, Todd, as a, as a professor looking out at my class, and I still get this, where I look out there, and if I want to know what's popular in the movies or on TV, I just have to look at a lot of my students. Back in the 90s, I remember when it was the Luke Perry and Jason Priestley look from the 90210 with the sideburns. Yeah. So I had all them. Then I had the Britney Spears look. I had the Christine Aguilera look. Uh, for a while, it was the Alanis Morissette look in girls. And by the way, you know, I'm going with the, with the gender uh, thing here, that they would dress that way. And I remember even prior to that, when I was a student myself, the girls were dressing like Madonna, the guys dressing like Metallica. So there really is this. And nowadays what I'm seeing, which is kind of cool, and, you know, I love Under Armour clothing. I love to wear it to work out and that stuff, and I buy it up. And they have a lot of these compression shirts that are superhero shirts, Todd. So, you know, you walk around, I see, you know, these folks not only come to class, but also the gym. Gee, there's the Flash. There's Iron Man. There's Superman. And it really is cool that these are cool role models, I kind of think, as a Mar Marvel and DC comic type guy, that they're actually pretty cool role models. But as you said, Todd, there's a limit where if they start to say, gee, I've got to be as big as the Hulk or as big as Thor and have those arms and basically cheat by taking drugs to get that, then you got the wrong idea. That's the danger. Yeah, it's all fun to have escapism and, and, and they always, the, the superhero heroes always have a good message and a positive outlook and a goal. But the physicality of their exterior manifestation, if I can get all wordy, is I look a certain way, and to do what I do, you have to look that way. And I'm just worried that some kids are impressionable and would go, I need to look like that, whatever way I can make myself look like that. Absolutely. And you know what? <clears throat> Be yourself. Have fun uh, in your own skin, in your own body. Because that's why you're here. You're here to be you. And there's no other you. And uh, basically, folks, is 
Halloween is over with. That was like over a week or two weeks ago almost. And if you still want to dress up as Dr. Frankenfurter, by all means, that's a cool one. You don't have to take all the growth hormone in that to become him. No, and don't tell us about it. <laughs> <laughs> no. So anyways, when we come back, we're going to be joined by a great guest, Mark Burles. I can also say he's a pretty darn good friend. Mark's the real deal, real guy. Honest, straight shooter, extremely knowledgeable, and probably one of the best trainers you will ever meet. We'll be right back. More Matters of the Mind right around the corner. Please stay with us. The music you'll hear on Out of the Blue will be jazz for the most part. No specific styles or genres. Every piece of music is handpicked to deliver quality performances. Out of the Blue can be heard on rtds.ca, live Mondays, 1 to 3 p.m., and encore performances Tuesday to Friday, anytime on demand. It's the true spirit of jazz, a touch of everything and then some. Thanks for listening. I'm Larry Green. Dr. Peter Andrew Sacco, and do you have technological rage? Oh yeah, the new rage of anger. Download my new book today, Technological Rage, on my website, www.petersacco.com, and learn what technological rage is and how it is sweeping people today, leading to online dating anger, texting anger, and social online networking forums. Hmm, did you ever think you might get angry texting? Facebooking or online dating, maybe you never thought it would happen to you, or maybe you know somebody that has this and you just need to understand it a little more. Welcome back to Mental Health Matters with your host, Dr. Peter Sacco. to matters of the mind where everything on your mind matters to us each and every week and what's mattering still to us this month as we've been talking about at the beginning of the show last week and we will be going forward is bullying and definitely increasing self-esteem not only in kids but also adults seniors all walks of life doesn't matter what color skin you have what your religion is what your gender is you matter and you matter to us and as we talked about before we went to break I got somebody great on our phone right now. I can also say he's a pretty good friend. His name is Mark Burles. As I said, Mark is a personal training director at LA Fitness and 10 years professional training experience, four years as an elite level personal trainer. And before that, Mark was a teacher in martial arts for 20 years. Mark not only teaches fitness, but also great habits and lifestyle changes that recreates one's self-esteem. And he's also been a conditioning trainer for two major hockey teams. And now, today, Mark teaches anyone from 12-year-old to adults and seniors not only fitness, but a better state of mind. Hey, Mark, how are you? Uh, great, Peter. How are you doing today? I am very, very good. So, we've been talking about bullying um, and just the fact how prevalent it is, not only um, in face-to-face, -face, but also the Internet. So, let's start in your kind of former life as a martial arts instructor, Mark. Um, yeah. what, what type of style did you teach and 
you know, we talked about this before. What was your main message for teaching when it came to teaching kids, adults, or whatever martial arts? Yeah, my the style that I studied under was uh, Wataru, which was one of the original five forms of uh, karate coming out of Japan. Um, I was very fortunate in that I spent about two years working with a gentleman by the name of Sensei Katano that lives in Lockport, New York. Uh, Sensei Katano was actually an eighth-degree black belt that, that moved here from Japan and brought over a lot of their very traditional ways of doing things and a lot of discipline in how they teach and, and deliver the martial arts. Um, one of the one of the big things that his focus on was that we all, uh, especially at the level that we were training at, had much greater ability than the average public as far as defending ourselves or taking on any anything like that that presented itself. But the the first rule was to always try to walk away. Um, it, it, we would have an unfair advantage with the average person on the street because you don't walk around with a with a sign on telling people that you're a black belt or that you've done 20 years worth of martial arts training. So the the first rule was always, you know, if you're in a situation, you just kind of bow out lightly and apologize to the person and walk away. Um, it, you always defend yourself if if you need be, but not to provoke anything or not to put yourself in a position where you would have to do that. So I guess with that said, Mark, let's say, and this is like really going back to old school where you see the karate kid, you know, Miyagi-Do. Um, so kid comes in and says, you know what, Mark, I'm being bullied at school and I just want to learn how to fight. Um, and I want to I want to be the aggressor for a change. And that still happens today where kids are learning this stuff. But unfortunately, a lot of kids are going the other way and using weapons like guns and knives and that. So what do you say to a kid in that kind of respect who comes in and says, hey, I want to learn to become a Rambo, a killing machine? <laughs> yeah, and you know, it, you're right, Peter. It does happen uh, from time to time. So it's just a matter of, of teaching them the discipline and the, the principles of, of why karate was founded and, you know, um, going back into, into old school Japan, it was more about uh, samurais and that they were the servants of the community and, and basically the police force of the community. So just teaching teaching the, the youth at that time that, um, you know, we need to be able to stand up. And it, a big part of it is, and I think it's kind of what, what you guys have been talking about a little bit lately, is that self-esteem. If if um, somebody in a youth or a younger person has got some really good self-esteem and they've got good self-confidence, then they don't always end up being a target for a bully. Uh, you know, they, they make that initial stand-up to the bully. Uh, the bullies are looking for people with weaknesses that they can exploit. So uh, teaching the, um, the student when they come into the studio uh, how to be more self-confident and how to carry themselves better and just talking to them about that, that, you know, um, remind them of how they feel when they're being bullied or somebody's being aggressive to them, and, and then remind them that they don't want to put anybody else through that type of a feeling themselves. It's funny, Mark. I'm hearing you talk, and I, I only took one year of Kung Fu, but you, you made me feel it was all worthwhile with that first comment about, you know, if you can avoid a situation, walk away. And that's the first thing my instructor told me as well. I mean, the first day, he said, if you can run, if you can walk, get away because you you might meet someone who's actually better than you. But again, it's just a dangerous situation that you want to try and avoid. So, I mean, I'm glad that I heard the same thing coming from you because, again, um, you know, you never know what you're what you're up against. And if you can avoid that, it's great. Um, but the main part of my question would be, 
um, learning martial arts is not just protection. It is also very much self-esteem. And that's something that I learned in that one year that I did. It was I just had an inward and an outward facing confidence that if something came up, um, I could handle myself as well as I could at the time. I'm not saying I was a black belt, but it just comes with an innate sense of well-being and confidence. And I think bullies can somehow sense that. You just project your confidence outward. Would you agree? Yes, yes. And that's kind of where I was going with that as well, is that with that self-esteem and the self-confidence, bullies are always looking for, for where someone's weakness is. Uh, they're trying to determine, you know, somebody overweight or, you know, do they have bad teeth or, you know, that type of thing. And then that's where they start and they start to pick away at that and try to get to somebody's self-confidence and wear them down. And that's where the bully can kind of take control of that situation. If they start with that with somebody and the person has the wherewithal to say, hey, you know, you can say whatever you want. It doesn't bother me and move on. And the bully's going to get bored with that and try to find another victim. So, Mark, let me ask you this then. Now that you're into fitness, uh, well, yeah. you've always been into fitness, but in, in terms of teaching it and training it. So is this the new thing now where instead of people, I guess, coming into a, a dojo, going in, you know, hooking up with the sensei and saying, hey, can you teach me self-defense? Uh, because a lot of times in the back it was like, man, I'm overweight or something like that or I just, you know, I'm insecure, that kind of stuff. Do you find people now coming in for fitness as a way of changing that image instead of it being self-defense it's more of an internal self-esteem builder by losing weight and you know looking better uh 100 percent um we get a lot of people that come in here and they're unhappy with their current situation for various reasons um and they're looking to improve their their place in life whether it's through through work or relationships or so many things um, and if they don't feel good about their own body when they're looking at themselves in the mirror, then when they're going out, whether it's for a job interview or they're going out on a first date with somebody, if they've got some, some self-confidence issues about themselves, then they're going to project that within that other situation. So we get a lot of people coming in here, and they'll be you know, unemployed, and they're, they're in the workforce, and they're like, you know, I just I don't present well when I'm walking in for an interview. So you know, I want to trim up. I want to look better, um, and I want to feel better about myself because I'm going to project that in an interview. So those are some very strong conversations I've had in the past. Also, you know, with people, um, I, Peter and I had talked about the, the one young man that I had, uh, I had the pleasure to work with about two years ago, uh, 14-year-old that was not feeling very well about his body and had, had mentioned a couple of times about possibly committing suicide to his mom. Um, very overweight for his age, very, very uncomfortable, and what triggered it was his friends were all going to, uh, to a water park for a birthday party. So for the entire weekend, he didn't go because he didn't want to be the fat kid in the pool. Um, and he was very, very distraught over it, uh, had no friends at home because they were all at the water park for that weekend. Um, so his mom brought him in, we sat, we met, we talked about, you know, like what he was doing in life. So we changed some of his eating habits, we changed some of the things that he was doing. We got him a lot more active, he had a lot of homework to do, uh, some he liked, some he didn't. Uh, but he stuck with it and he did it. The one, the winning factor for me, being a personal trainer, was that six months later his birthday came up. He went and he had his birthday party at the same water park and invited all his friends and had the self-confidence to walk around at the water park without a shirt on. Wow. Um, 
I, I think everybody sort of sees it, um, but not everybody acknowledges it. And what I'm talking about is the connection between physical and mental. A lot of people still think that it's physical. Oh, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to look great. And that's the end of the story. But I don't know if everyone yet realizes what the connection is. And it's actually probably a lot of, of mental stuff going on, whether it's self-esteem or whether it's confidence. And all of that stems from the mental aspect of it. So in, in, in a very real way, you're almost like a psychologist where you are trying to get to the root cause of the issues. You're working on the outside, but you're covertly working on the inside and getting someone. It's an inside job. Very much so. One of the things that we look for, um, even here at LA Fitness, when I'm talking to somebody, my first conversation with them is usually, why did you join and why are you here? Uh, then, and usually most people coming in are, oh, you know, I want to put on a little bit of muscle or I want to lose weight. Um, and that's we hear that from everybody. There's very few other things that we hear from people coming in the gym. What we start looking for is what we term as being their X factor. You know, why do you want to lose weight? What's the underlying reason for why you want to lose that weight? Are you recently single or have you just come through a divorce or separation? You're not feeling good about yourself. Uh, has your doctor told you that your, you know, your sugar's high or you've got cholesterol and that if you change this, you can stay off medication? So we're looking for what we term as being their X factor, and that's getting very much into that psychological part of it and, and determining why they're here. Um, the losing weight is a byproduct of why they came in. Uh, they'll do that, but we've, it's, it's in their psyche as to um, why they came. And, and that's more like you're saying, that's their, their psychological part. It's in their head. That's what we've got to fix. We'll get the weight off. That's, that just goes without saying that's what we're good at. But if we can turn their thought process around so they can feel better about themselves and, and determine what that, what that factor is, and that's where we can help them the most. And it really becomes self-perpetuating, doesn't it, after that? Absolutely. You know, uh, one of the things that I've looked back on through my career is I've had several people that were clients of mine that worked with me as a client for, you know, for various reasons that ended up becoming a personal trainer. And to me, that means that, that I showed them uh, the way and, and that they, they wanted to then go on and teach that to other people which to me that was one of my greatest successes. It's not always about changing somebody's body fat or, or their size or whatever. If I can teach somebody and empower them to be able to want to go out and help others, then for me that's like just the biggest win I can get. Mark, I'm, I guess I, in a way I'm going to change it up a bit. What about when a, a female, a lady, a young lady, um, middle age, whatever age she is or whatever, comes in and says, you know what, Mark, I'm struggling with my, kind of like my body image. I... Yep. I'm too big, I think I'm too big, or I want to work out, but I'm afraid of looking like Arnold. I don't want to get muscular and all this kind of stuff. So in some ways, you know, and also, you're a guy. Um, yes. So you've got a woman that's trying to take advice from a guy, and in some ways in the past, she might have been bullied by a guy, or have been, you know, it's guys that have put her down or rejected her because of her body weight and all this stuff. How do you go about I guess, approaching that type of client when she's coming in and saying, okay, Mark, can you help me with my self-esteem and my body weight? Yeah, 100%. Um, that one is, it, it comes across, I, I sit at my desk and probably have that conversation at least once a day every day when I'm here. Uh, my approach to it is to initially start talking to them about the, the, the number on the scale is probably the least important number that we're going to worry about. 
what we start doing is, and we've got tools that we use to do it, is we calculate what their body fat percentage is and what their lean mass is and their water weight. We break it down into that. Then we start talking to them about what a healthy body fat is. And regardless of what their weight is, um, making changes in the composition of the body, showing them the difference that by volume, uh, fat takes up almost 300% of the space that the lean mass does. So I can affect a major change in your body by eliminating some of the fat and increasing your muscle without actually changing your weight, but you're going to drop three or four dress sizes um, and feel better and your body's going to be tighter and it's going to look firmer and start talking about those types of things. And that gives them that kind of that positive attitude that um, we're not necessarily saying that, hey, you know, everybody's got to be five foot four and 120 pounds. You could be, you know, five foot four and 140 pounds and still look healthy and still look like you're, you're slim. Um, explaining the differences between um, body shapes and body types and, and that how that affects uh, the type of training that we do because everything is specific to, to what that client needs and, and what their abilities are. So, yeah, for somebody who's 20 years old, the, uh, the goal might be slightly different than somebody who's 40 and it's going to be definitely different than somebody who's 60. It's really refreshing to hear that you're working with clients of all different ages because you are very correct in that their needs are different. Um, strength building versus, you know, lean muscle mass. I mean, it's it's all different. For And nice to hear that you're also saying it's not a cookie cutter approach because people are maybe taller for their body weight. You, you have to compensate as a trainer. And it's good that you're doing that because I'm afraid, I'm going to get controversial here, I'm afraid that a lot of these shows that are on TV inspire people but not necessarily in the right way because they're just sort of throwing numbers out there and saying you should be this and you should be that so i kind of wanted to get your feeling on on some of those reality shows that are on and and have you watched them and and do you think that they're um beneficial i mean we're not getting into anything too um you know controversial here but what's your uh, you know what's your feeling on some of these shows yeah, uh, you know what? They're they're skewed in a, in in my opinion in a negative way. Um, you take one one of the more popular ones on TV. It goes all about weight loss, and everybody's trying to get a hundred pounds of weight loss. Um, the big thing in that is that they're not they're not focusing on on the body composition. I can bring anybody into the gym, and I don't care how big they are or how far out of weight they are. I can get them to their goal weight in four months quickly, but I'm going to be diminishing their muscle mass as well as losing body fat. In the long run, all I'm doing is I'm breaking their metabolism, and they're not going to have the ability to stay at that weight. That's why you look at so many of the reality shows that people, after the show, they do a follow-up on them a year or two years later. They're at the same weight or they're bigger than they were when they started because their metabolism has been broken. It's the same with some of the diets that are out there right now where people are reducing the calories to insignificant amounts. Um, and then, you know, yeah, the people get great weight loss while they're doing that, but the second they eat some real food, their weight goes way, way back up. Yeah. Um, you know, if we can increase the lean mass and we increase our metabolism, so then we can, we can sit back and we can enjoy life and we can eat food. Food's amazing. I love all kinds of food and I like to eat a lot. On a typical day, I eat over 5,000 calories a day. Wow. I'm 160 pounds and I've been 160 pounds for eight years. 
That's yeah. incredible. And I guess what some people fail to realize as well is that uh, muscle tends to weigh more than fat. So you, like you said earlier, ignore the scale because we're going to transform your body from fat to muscle. And you may weigh the same, but you'll be a vastly different person. Exactly. And and by the thing about the muscle is one pound of muscle over a 24-hour period burns 50 more calories. So if I can affect a change in somebody and add 10 pounds of muscle onto them, they're going to burn 3,500 calories a week extra. So if they're at a weight where they like to be, then that gives them the ability to, you know, if we're going out on a weekend and we're going to a social event, can I have a slice of cake or can I have, you know, a little bit of pasta that I don't normally eat during the week? 100% because you've got those calories stored up in the bank. If I'm at a point where I'm trying to lose weight, then I've, I've got that 3,500 calories that are working in my favor. The beauty is there's 3,500 calories in one pound of fat. So without even having to get off my couch at home, if I've got that 10 pounds of muscle, I can lose one pound of fat in a week. Amazing. What about the other way, Mark? So say that you get, and once again, I'm going to stereotype and go more so it's guys, because it usually is a guy thing. Guy comes in and says, you know what, Mark, I want to be huge. I want to be big. I want to be muscular, all that stuff. And this is a guy that's more prone to basically overloading on protein. It's all about protein, all about calories. He's in the creatine. And then there's that fine line where he's like, okay, I can only get so far. I'm peaking at a certain level. I want to get even bigger than that. I'm thinking about, you know, this guy's talking about, growth hormones or any stuff like that. What stance do you take with that type of person, especially because, you know, they're usually between 16 and 22 years of age? Yeah. Uh, in reality, if they're between 16 and 22 years of age, their testosterone is as high as it, it needs to be to be able to do the gains. I would start talking to them about if they understand the principles of how to build muscle. Uh, typically, um, and even if I walk through our gym uh, and any gym I've ever worked at, um, people don't understand the principles behind uh, actually adding muscle. There's probably about nine things that come into play, and it's the tempo, it's the time under tension, it's how many sets are we going to do, how many reps are we going to do, what's our rest time, rest being primarily the most important thing. Uh, the workout that we do is tearing down the muscle, the rest is where the muscle rebuilds itself and that's where we get our size from. So if I'm talking to a 16-year-old and I start asking them these questions and start asking them, you know, what kind of protein are you taking? Um, what are you taking after your workouts? What kind of protein are you taking before your workouts? There's over 30 different types of protein powders out there. And if they don't know which one they're taking and why they're taking it, then why are they taking it? Um, and that's the big thing, tra trying to educate them that, you know, yeah, there's some very good natural ways out there of, of adding muscle. And if you're not doing that, then how do you think the performance-enhancing drugs are going to help you? If you're not doing it, if, if your base and your foundation isn't correct, then what are you building on? And that's a big question for them, and then they, they generally can't answer it. And a lot of times when I'm asking them about, you know, what's your time under tension, what's your tempo, how many, you know, how many reps are you doing, and, what, and get into all the criteria of intensity and everything, uh, it's usually, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. So then my next question is, well, if you, if you don't have a foundation and you don't know all the answers to these questions, how do you think that a performance-enhancing drug is going to help you? Oh, absolutely. 
absolutely great, great answer. Anybody listening, definitely pay attention to that. So, Mark, if anybody is to come into LA Fitness, they want to come check it out for the first time, and I'm guessing it's basically the same in any LA Fitness across Canada the states. What is usually the protocol? What happens when they come in for the first time, or what would they experience? Uh, if they came into our club, uh, we would give them a tour of the facility, show them what we've got to offer, and um, and what what we have as far as amenities. Um, all of our clubs in Canada, we're up to 26 now, and we're at about 700 in the United States. Um, we're expanding rapidly. Uh, so we would bring them in, give them a tour, show them what our facility was like, and then sit down and, and talk to them about what their needs are. Based on that, they would... They would um, go through a, a membership process. Uh, we match their their needs to our pricing. And then from there, once they started with us, then they would get one hour of time with one of our fitness professionals just to get talk about what their goals are, why they came in here, and we try to educate them into the best way they could achieve those goals. If at that point they determined that they needed a little bit more help, then we would talk to them about the options that we have for personal training and try to get them hooked up with the correct personal trainer for them. Um, one of the advantages that we have over some other places is I have a sales team that just looks after um, the clientele coming in and their personal training needs, and then they put that person with the correct personal trainer. Unlike some other places uh, where the personal trainers are reliant on getting their own clients, sometimes the trainer's not always 100% honest with the client as to what they can do. So somebody comes in with an injury and the trainer's like, oh yeah, 100%, I can deal with that. Um, and then three months into training, the client realizes they're not getting any better. In our system, I meet the person. If they commit that they're going to buy personal training, then I've got four different personal trainers that all have different expertise. I've got one that's a professional soccer player. I've got one that's got a physiotherapy background. Uh, I've got another one that's a, a building, uh, bodybuilding conditioning specialist. Um, so, I mean, and I've got an older, I have an older gentleman, 62 years old, that runs marathons. So, you know, I don't care who you are coming into my gym. I have the right trainer for you. So I'm not going to put you with somebody because they need a client or because they need a bigger paycheck. I'm going to put you with them because they're the right client, they're the right trainer for the client. That's incredible. And um, you just sealed it because what I was thinking about is all these people that want to exercise at home. And home gyms are great if you have the discipline and the knowledge to do it right. But you sealed the deal for me because you said two important things. I mean, you get that feedback from someone who's done the, done it and been there and is able to provide um, constructive feedback on how you're progressing or not progressing. But also one of the big things is it keeps someone like me from wandering into a big box grocery store, seeing a protein supplement on the shelf, not knowing if it's for me, but hey, it's on sale, so why don't I grab it and take it home and start using it? I mean, you just said there's 30 different ones. It's great to speak to someone about that and say, what's right for me as a person with my age, my body type, my goals? And I think that's very important. Exactly. Thank you very much, Mark, for joining us today. On, awesome. Uh, Thank you very much for having me on the show. On Matters of the Mind. Hopefully we'll get you back in the very near future. And again, where can people reach you if they want to uh, um, meet up with you and, and take a tour of your gym? Yeah, uh, we're located on uh, Morrison Street, Niagara Falls, Ontario, 6767 Morrison Street. Uh, the phone number here at the club is 289 
932-3584. And I'm usually here from about 8 o'clock in the morning till 8 o'clock at night. It's not my hours of work, but I love being here so much that I'm usually here for 12 or 13 hours just because I like it. Okay, is there a website that people can check? Uh, yes, they can go on to uh, lafitness.com, uh, and then they can search out the Niagara Falls, Ontario Club. Uh, if you go to lafitness.com, that will give you our, our clubs right across North America. Uh, so if someone's not in our community, they're more than welcome to go in and visit one of our other clubs. Awesome, Mark Burroughs. Thank you very much for joining us. Fantastic. Thank you. More Matters of the Mind right around the corner. Stay with us. Buying or selling a home, condo, or investment property may be one of the largest transactions you'll ever make. It's important to gather as much information as you can, and preferably from experienced, successful professionals. When it comes time to make your move, call the Mulholland Ross Real Estate Team with Keller Williams Real Estate Service at 416-230-8500 or visit www.realestatetoronto.com. Whether you're making your first move or selling your much-loved family home, the Mulholland Ross Team offers over 26 years of real estate sales and service across the GTA. Listen every Sunday at 4 p.m. here on Radio That Doesn't Suck to hear the team share advice and information that will assist you with your personal wealth through real estate. Questions or topics you'd like to see covered? Email info at realestatetoronto.com or call the Mulholland Ross team at 416-230-8500. Welcome to my new book, Niagara's Most Haunted Legends and Myths, which is not just a book about ghosts and haunted places, rather about history in the Niagara region. This book explores and uncovers parts of the Niagara region which are considered some of the richest in North American history and the most haunted. As a matter of fact, one of the bloodiest battles in North American history, the War of 1812, between the British and the Americans was fought here. And this year, the bicentennial year anniversary of the War of 1812 is covered in this book. This book explores most of the haunted places, legends that have existed from the 1800s right now to 2012. Each chapter covers a different type of landmark which not only educates readers on historical significances, but also entertains with anecdotal ghost stories and paranormal investigations. Join me in this book as we visit beds and breakfasts, ships and boats, trains, tunnels, museums, mansions, highways, forts, cemeteries, waterfalls, and many more, and see if the Niagara region is really haunted. Niagara's Most Haunted Legends and Myths is now available at Indigo Chapters and online on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com and visit our website, www.niagara'smosthaunted.com. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Welcome back to Mental Health Matters with your host, Dr. Peter Sacco. Welcome back to Matters of the Mind, where everything on your mind matters to us each and every week. And as we keep saying, our theme this month uh, is bullying. Bullying is not a great thing, not a good thing. It is a bad thing, folks. So make your difference in the world, wherever you are. If you see it, stand up for somebody. Or if you're the victim, get help and have it stopped. And so with us uh, now is Ellen Gamble. She is the founder and CEO of the Center for Abuse Awareness in Canada. So... How are you today, Ellen? I'm great, Peter. Thank you so much for asking. How are you? Good? I am very, very good. So I'm going to ask you a, a really, I guess, intense question is, uh-huh. tell me, wish, wonder, and wine at Wildfire. <laughs> tell us all about it. 
Oh, yes, that's something that um, Patty Salas, who's on our board and heads up the Barter Network, uh, and our board uh, came together and decided uh, to do a fundraiser for us. Um, and it, uh, it's at the Wildfire Restaurant, which is uh, really in the Hogs Hollow area in, uh, at Young and Lawrence. It's a very beautiful restaurant. So it's, they're pairing you know, food with wine. And uh, so it's, uh, we've, we're almost sold out. It's wonderful. They've only done it. They only started about three weeks ago, but uh, we're, we're almost sold out. So, and then there's going to be an auction, and it's that final push. Then we go on to John Derringer's 13 Days of Christmas, and that gets us over the next hump. <laughs> you know, when you run a charity, it's kind of like from event to event. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I mean, you have to advocate for yourself all year long, and I'm sure, you know, it is great when you get these big events happening throughout the calendar year to, to remind people, hey, we're still here, but then there's the lulls where it's like, okay, what, what are we going to do this month to uh, create some interest and let people know we're out there? Well, yes, and we don't take any government funding, so all the money that we raise, we have to raise ourselves is through donations, and our administrative costs are under 10%. I, I don't know any other charity it's that low, or there's a few of them, I guess. So um, the money goes to the programs for sure, but it's a constant having to raise money. But I, I also want to just mention um, that I was at the Sheldon Kennedy uh, movie last week, uh, mm. speaking of anti-bullying and what Sheldon has done. And um, if anybody hasn't seen it, I guess it will be coming to a theater. This was the, I guess, the premiere. It, it, it was really, really well done and really shows you... Um, just, and it's obviously specifically around Sheldon's story, but of course those that aren't familiar with it, Sheldon was sexually abused by his hockey coach, Graham James, um, many years ago. And um, he didn't speak about it for many years. And then when he came out, he really, um, I think it happens, the same thing happened to Martin Cruz. He, he wasn't healed enough to come out publicly, and so he really relapsed. And, but he got back, you know, into recovery, and he's been clean and sober for quite a few years. But it's really well done, but it really shows you, and certainly that's a form of bullying for sure, is sexual abuse, and just how Graham groomed the boys. And, and of course, Graham James did his jail time, and then more allegations came out, and he was down in Mexico, I think, coaching kids in Mexico. And so, you know, people are still coming forward um, with what happened to them. But it, 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 it was just a really well-done movie and really, really showed you what the victim went through. Now, you touched on it, but I wanted to ask you, in your experience and your knowledge, can abuse start with bullying or, or is it more coming from an aspect of, of setting up some sort of trust with the, the potential victim? Yeah, I think... For most cases, and I guess uh, Peter would have witnessed this a lot too, that there's a grooming that goes on. There's absolutely a grooming and setting up trust. And that's why so many people that have gone through sexual abuse blame themselves. And uh, it showed you one other young man that, you know, really struggled with how, just how much he struggled. And I think even Sheldon to a point that because they groom them so well that the kids feel an attachment to this person. And they usually go after young people that are 
have self-esteem problems. There's usually problems in the home. Um, so they, they, they know who to go after, the weak, sort of vulnerable children. And I think one of the biggest issues, and Peter, you can speak to this, is just how guilty people feel um, afterwards, years later when they're trying to go through therapy thinking, and they might have even liked it a little for a pet of, they might have even liked it, that they're very confused. You know, I'm glad you bring that up, Ellen, because when you look in psychology and you look at actual disorders that are very close to that, the, the term, and, and it was very common back in the day, called Stockholm Syndrome, mm -hmm. where a person starts to identify with their, their captor or their perpetrator, and then they're set free, and then they can't understand, gee, why do I long or miss them? And it's almost as if when the damage is done by the perpetrator, and in this case, what you know, James had done to Sheldon Kennedy and the other hockey players, the kids, is that he really stole a part of them, took a part of their selves, their self-esteem, their persona, and it was never returned. And I think at that point there, you know, you, you go through the whole post-traumatic stress disorder and that, and, and it is really a sad state of affair. And I'm glad you really bring that up because a lot of people talk about bullying awareness, and they're always looking at the physical bullying, the verbal abuse, um, the emotional abuse, but sexual abuse is a huge form of bullying, and it does happen in even marriages and relationships where a spouse is being abused, or it happens in dating relationships. So, it, a, a bullying comes in all shapes and forms. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And, and I think the other thing that actually came out in the men's conference that we did two weeks ago, and again in this situation in the movie with Sheldon Kennedy, is especially boys, because boys are physical and you know their bodies respond um, quicker than a woman um, boys feel guilty that they might have actually enjoyed it uh, but that's just their bodies responding it, it has nothing to do with them wanting it to happen you know they don't even know what's happening of course they're still very young but I, I think that I'm hearing that more and more one of the biggest things and if anybody's listening out there that you know, we're struggling with this. You just have to know it wasn't your fault. And um, just because even if you maybe enjoyed it once in a while, that's just your body responding to something physical. It, 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 You've you got to just let that go. I'm glad you bring that up, Ellen. And absolutely, uh, you know, it's, there's a huge difference and people have to realize that just because your body is responding in a certain way, becoming aroused, does not mean um, that you're into what is actually going on because physiological responses are altogether different than psychological responses. Uh, before we let you go, Ellen, I just want to <laughs> touch base. It's like, I can't believe it. Like, I just really can't believe this. Like Christmas is literally, oh God, like six weeks away, something like that. <laughs> so, so you guys have up and coming the 13 days of Christmas. Can you tell us when that starts and when people can start getting excited about it? Oh, sure. It's John Derringer's 13 Days of Christmas on Q107. It starts December 1st, and it runs 13 days. And this year, they're going to be sponsoring uh, our Delivering Hope program more specifically. So, for instance, you can sponsor a chair for $50. You can sponsor a, you know, a couch for $100. There's specific items of furniture. So they're, they're really focusing on that. And um, it, it's, a, it's a really amazing fundraiser. It, it, it keeps us going for several months afterwards. And we're, so we're always looking for, obviously, donations of cash, but product and furniture 
and and also we get a lot of calls for help over that period of time too, Peter. So it's it's an it's huge awareness too for us. So um, thank you for bringing that up. I appreciate that. And you're going to have more um, <clears throat> information on that. That'll be on your website, correct? At the Center Absolutely. for Abuse Absolutely. And, and there's an amazing auction every year, and we have a lot of classic rock, you know, items that are up there. So the auction is big too. So yeah, if they go to abusehurts.ca. They can certainly uh, find out more about it. Excellent. As always, Ellen. And so we're going to let you go. Uh, so Perfect. anybody, once again, go to abusehurts.ca, learn all about the great things that the Center for Abuse Awareness is doing. And we'll be talking next week, Ellen. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for your support. Thanks, Todd. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Stay, stay with us. More Matters of the Mind right around the corner. to Matters of the Mind, where everything on your mind matters to us each and every week. And we'd like to thank you very much for joining us once again, folks. Um, keep the questions coming to our show. Any show ideas that you have, send them to me on Facebook, Twitter, or my own personal email, which you have, psacko1 at coachco.ca. And remember, it is Bullying Awareness Month. So if you can be a difference maker, do whatever you can. Bullying is for the birds. Don't tolerate it, don't take it, and don't live with it. And speak up. I mean, if you are witnessing it, speak up. Take control um, of the situation. Note it. Contact authorities. Whatever you need to do, because there are so many vulnerable people that aren't able to speak up. And as we were talking with Ellen uh, and, and even with Mark, kids just don't pick up on this and, and don't have the tools to push back a lot of the time. So it's really up to grown-ups in their lives to identify this and, uh, and help them avoid it. So anyways, folks, have a great day, great rest of the week, and tune in next week. Same time, same bat channel. <laughs> you can catch us on Facebook, or you can go to Peter's website at petersacco.com. Catch you right back here next Wednesday at 8 p.m. You've been listening to Matters of the Mind on Listen Up Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Peter Andrew Sacco. Get in touch with him on his website, petersacco.com, or find his contact page on Listen Up at talk-radio.ca. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash listenuptalkradio, on Twitter at listenuptalk. Thanks for listening and sharing our posts. We'll catch you next week.